Hello, Hi. it's another Wednesday. Day. Thank you for tuning in to Pride the Podcast. I am Mr. Brayden Bradley. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Darrell Anthony. And I'm Ashley Mitchell. And we have an awesome episode for you today. We have a very special guest, a queen herself, star of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9, Miss Alexis Michelle. <laughs> Love it. We're so excited to have Alexis here yes. today. Uh, she's talking. a friend of the, the, the cast. She is. She's a friend of the, the, friend pod, of the pod, the show, um, everything. We've worked with Alexis before. Um, mm-hmm. We did an event um, with the Trevor Project um, a few years at back therapy. at Therapy. Um, so it was really great working with her and connecting with her. We're going to talk all things drag today. Super excited about it. Um, yeah. So what have you guys been up to? Oh, you know, quarantine day F. Well, quarantine is still going on. Still going on, but it's extended to June 7th? June 6th. So so there are some things, uh, I think all restaurants and stuff can now open back up and do like curbside service or something like that. Uh, So please everyone go out and support your local restaurant, uh, your local bar. You can get drinks to go. You can get food to go. Definitely check their Instagrams, their websites, uh, their Yelps. They're giving out all that information and it's very crucial to, because they are also essential workers um, in a sense. So we do need to go out and support them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it had, that we got news for June 6th is our new day. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. He did extend it. Um, new Jersey actually extended theirs till June 30th. Yeah. Um, but we're LA. The- Today, LA came out and said they're closed until the end of July. Yeah, for three yeah. more months. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't see us opening up in June uh, 7th, TBH, but I mean... I mean, well, I, the, the cases have went down. Um, from what I saw today, we went down to, like, the double digits, which is good. The issue about the other places is that they saw spikes based off of people not following the stay-at-home orders. Which is exactly what's going to happen. Right. I, I just feel like, I feel like New Yorkers are a lot smarter than we give ourselves credit for. I feel like, yes, we did have some people the last week or so, like, crowding parks and doing all of that. But I think that we kind of understand how serious it is because it hit us a lot harder than a lot of other places. So I think that we will start to loosen up on the six, but we can't go crazy, which is good. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I was cool the first like six weeks. Mm-hmm. I would have like, a really nice vacation, you know, for mm-hmm. six weeks. And now I'm getting antsy. I it's just, too much. I it is too I much. Just, I just don't know what to do. Feels like we're in jail. Well, I don't know about that. Not literally, of course. Speaking no disrespect to that, that. But did, you know what I'm saying. Did you see the video of inmates um, intentionally, like, sharing a styrofoam cup? I saw that. And, like, li- basically, like, sneezing on each other. I think it was more, like, we want it so we can, like, get out. Yeah. Know? Or, like, go to the infirmary. or That's I don't know. crazy. <clears throat> but it ended up, it was, like, 75 people or some shit like that. That is crazy. I mean, the big thing is, is like mental health. I mean, people really have to check our mental health. This oh, is yeah. this is very taxing on a lot of people. And no matter if you're someone who wants to stay home, loves to stay home, is a homebody, um, 
this is too much even for that. Like it, it's now gotten to the point where I think actually you and I were talking, it's about choice. Mm-hmm. And like now we don't, and here at Pride, we're all about choice and personal choices. And I, I think that this is now at the point where it's like, I can't see my friends, I can't go nowhere, I can't do anything. And I'm not trying to be, I don't think anybody is trying to be selfish and go hurt people. But, but I think there has to be a way where we can loosen some things up in a way. Right. Yeah, I feel like if we're going to risk it to go to the grocery store, I might risk it to see one of my closest friends or something, as long as I take the necessary precautions. But, you know, I get it. You know, everybody has their own level of how far they want to go. You what know? do you think about the virus hitting the White House? <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't oh, well, be funny. Well, that should show. I mean, it's, you know, God is just always on time and he knows where to strike. <laughs> and I, I, you know what it is, unfortunately? I think that the virus has hit there for a long time um, and, and has been there. Um, I'm more concerned about the ignorance and racism that was shown the other day during his press conference mm-hmm. toward uh-huh. a, a Chinese American woman or what he perceived to be that and, and, and how he reacted to her and then to another woman by not simply answering their questions because he got flustered because he got mad. Mm-hmm. I just really want, it's not about being Democratic or Republican. I want decorum and professionalism to come back to the White House. Like, I, I just want someone mm-hmm. who's not a big baby. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't answer questions. You signed up for this job, sir. Like, you, think, and, and you, you can't I say think, that. Yeah. I think Caitlin Collins handled herself really well. She was the anchor yeah. from CNN. Yeah. Was, like, I, I wanted to let my colleague get a follow-up question, and now it's my, it's my turn to answer my question that you pointed to me and asked. Mm-hmm. And got, like, insane aggravated. Yeah. yeah. Stormed off. Like a little baby. Like a baby. I want to know what Obamagate is. There like is what, not real. What, what is, what's the crime? So Obama came out and said um, a few days ago that this administration did not handle the pandemic. Obviously did not handle the pandemic in the right way. It took them too long to do. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then Mitch McConnell came back and said... It, Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, he thought it was really tacky, basically, I'm paraphrasing, really tacky for a former president to comment on a previous administration. Right. Um, and then Trump is blaming Obama's administration for this to even be an issue. Okay. Right. So, I mean, we knew all that, but what is this Obama gate thing that he's, he's blaming trending? him all for? So, Trump but is blaming he, Obama. But he was like, he said. Um, he committed the biggest crime in in, hitting, in history, oh X, Y, and God. Z. And so when they questioned him about it, he was like, oh, well, it'll all come out. It'll come this or, you know, everything that's being released now. It's like, well, what's being released? Well, he said, don't what trust we, the, he what are we talking the media. He, you know, right. So I want to know what specifically is he talking about? We need receipts. Right. Like, what is the one? Like, he couldn't even offer anything. It was just like a bunch of just rambling. I was he just like, he was saying that Obama and then Vice President Joe Biden had a hand in this pandemic in some <laughs> sort of fashion. He was alluding to that. Mm-hmm. I guess my, my, my thing is, is like Mitch McConnell says no president should speak on the current administration. Well, our past administrations, well, Obama, like Trump has did it many times with the Obama administration, and he mm-hmm. did it when Obama was in office, and he did it when Obama's left office. So I don't know... 
what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If Obama wants to have an opinion right now, uh, President Barack Obama is a citizen of the United States, and he has a right just like anyone else. It's like when people say actors shouldn't have an opinion on things. It's like, as long as I'm a citizen yeah, of the United States, <laughs> and as long as I pay my taxes here, I have the right to have an opinion. I don't understand. As long as I vote, I can talk. I, I don't get it. In other news, yes. <laughs> All Stars 5 cast was released. Yes. I was going to transition into saying, you know who you can't vote for? Queens on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Unless they do again. I think that's what this twist is. That there's going to be like a voted in queen? I don't know about a voted in queen, but like you think so we're going to be able the, to control it from home? The thing, I think oh. what it is, is going to be they'll bring in a lip sync assassin and that's like, because you saw on the preview, they, they're all on the main stage and somebody shows up. Mm -hmm. So they're going to bring in some lip sync assassins like Cameron or um, you know, the queens that always like win four or more lip Eureka. Sings. Eureka. In previous seasons? Yeah. And so the winner of the main challenge will have to lip sync against that assassin and if they win you know then they get the opportunity to send someone home if they don't then the safe queens will vote to see who goes home that's what i think the twist is but i don't know i thought I, mean, I could be down for that but i'm just like why do we have to do something so fancy like i just <sighs> keep the formula that they have it at now works I understand, like, as seasons go on, you want to up the ante, and you also want to keep it interesting and spicy, but there are other ways to do that than just, like, being ridiculous. But, you know, we don't know what they're going to do yet, necessarily, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, what did y'all watch last episode? What y'all think? What happened? What did happen? Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah, it was... Oh, oh Heidi. Heidi. Oh, Heidi. I think that Heidi... Heidi something. <laughs> I think that Heidi was definitely the heart of the season. She definitely should get Miss Congeniality. I don't know who else that would go to. I I really like what RuPaul oh, said yeah. to her when she left. And she was like, you... Uh, coming from a small town, I think we can uh, speak to that, especially... Yeah, Darrell, you got emotional. I got emotional <laughs> because that was so real. She Ru was like, you are the last person to know that you're a star. And that touched me like i i felt that and i think that going forward i think the show ha i think the show is turning corners in that way and i do like that they are at least acknowledging some of the queens who are leaving and the power that they still have mm -hmm. i still think jackie should have gone home i agree uh, jackie, jackie needs to go home she, Ew, got, I mean, if she, she wins like miss congeniality because i could just see that happening this is uh, that'll be like that'll be like Hillary and Trump all over again. Um, but um, with that said, I think that we should take a quick break and then we should come back because we want to definitely hear from Alexis and hear her thoughts on this season because she definitely had a daughter on this season. So Damn. we can't wait to hear more about that. And we'll be right back. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome to the Pride, the podcast, Alexis Michelle. Alex Michaels. How are you, Alex Michaels? What's going on? Oh, you know, just living it up 
in quarantine life here in my West Village apartment. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing to keep yourself occupied? I know over here we're going crazy. We're like... We're losing it. We're seeing mirages. We're seeing all sorts of like crazy things. We're probably going to touch each other soon. What? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> how are you... I mean, maybe. How are you dealing with this all? Listen, I'm jealous you have people to touch. Um, <laughs> I have uh, I have my dog to touch, but not like that. Thank goodness. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been it's been you know I I have good times, bad times, good days, bad days. Um, it's interesting because like to look out my window normally on a busy day there'd be hundreds of people. It's a very very active neighborhood. A lot mm-hmm. of students, a lot of residential, a lot of business, and. Um, for the past couple months, you look out and there's like five to 10 people you see. Yeah. A wasteland of, of an area that's usually so crazy populated. Although I've noticed in the past couple days, especially as it starts to get nicer, um, there are more and more people out. And for the most part being like, being responsible about distance and covering their faces, but not everybody. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a struggle. Yeah. I mean, and how do you feel about that? Like, we have, we know we want to get back to regular life, right? And we know that the weather's getting nicer. So do you feel that as long as people abide by, you know, the six feet apart and then putting a the mask on and everything, do you feel like it's okay for them to be out? Or do you think that we should be in quarantine and stay in-house a little bit longer? Well, I think, um, I think that the the distance is the important thing and covering your face is important for yourself and for everybody else right when i see people walking around with their faces uncovered i'm like you're just not you're not thinking about anybody right yourself exactly so it's like like get with it like i understand it's nice and i also understand for both physical and mental well-being the need to get out and about and Mm -hmm walk around and get some fresh air. I mean, I'm grateful that I have a dog during this because it gets me outside to get some fresh air. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, to- I don't begrudge anybody needing to do that or wanting to do that, but, um, but there does seem to be some people who are not paying serious enough attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Unfortunate. Just like those circuit queens uh, with that Girl. video going around Twitter. Girl. I know, what was that? <laughs> a couple of days ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like having a house party in it, Hell's Kitchen. It looked like pride. It was <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are y'all thinking? And I mean, obviously, everyone's first instinct was like, oh, I want to be there. Then you have to remember what time we're in. I'm like, wait, they shouldn't be doing that either. Like, that shouldn't be the situation. So I think that, yes, going out to get fresh air is good, like you said, but the whole turning it into something else is where the problem lies. And that's, you know, could almost keep us in the house a lot longer. What yeah. did you think about that? That's the thing. I don't think people are, people, they're not, like I said, they're not thinking about others. They're not thinking about themselves and they're really not thinking about the bigger picture. Right. All medical experts have predicted, just as they predicted how bad this spike was going to be, they've all predicted that this will, will come down a little bit and then it'll go back up again. Right. I think people realize that they're going to make that next wave worse and probably come sooner than, than, than we were anticipating originally. And, you know, there was this thing that happened in Hell's Kitchen last night. The other night, Madonna had a birthday party in somebody's house. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, she's got the antibodies. So <laughs> she's out living free. She would you know? like to thank that. 
She's got tested oh, the other day. Right. Yeah. She yeah. said that she has antibodies. Yeah. And yeah. is it confirmed that if you have the antibodies that you can't then pass it to somebody? See, I, don't I think know that's if it's up confirmed. for debate. It's it looks good. It looks good on the resume, but I don't know if Dr. <laughs> Fauci would be like, "Okay, girl, you good." Well, he right. didn't go he, on tour. He actually talked about it. He said that that's not something that's actually confirmed yet. So I think that we're taking different pieces of the media to fit our own narrative. Like for people who want to be out, they're like, "Well, I'm out because I saw this report." two weeks ago that said X, Y, Z. So right. I think that that's, you know, really crazy. Obviously something we've been doing since um, we've been in the house is watching Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, one of our <laughs> most memorable seasons was your season. I think it was so great. I think that that's when Drag Race really started to grow as, as a show. That was the, on VH1. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it really started to grow as a show. So a couple of questions to start off with that. What was one of your favorite memories of Drag Race as a show? And then my second question is, Obviously, you do a great Liza, you do a great Jenner, <laughs> and have you been in contact with either one of them since you have played them so flawlessly? The only contact came with Chris was during our reunion. Yeah. yeah. And she gave us all the shout out, and specifically me, and I was like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just Dad. think it's like such a fascinating, you know, professional figure and woman in Hollywood. Um, I have such interest and fascination and respect for her. So I would love like, you know, to have drinks with her sometime, but I have not heard from Liza, who of course is like a long time. Right, right, right. She's so great. And so your favorite memory of the show, obviously there was different things that happened with the show. You know, you guys had drama, of course, and we live for the Drag Race drama. So what was your favorite takeaway from that and your favorite memory minus the drama? And what do you think you learned most about yourself? Um, so people will always want to know, like when, when they ask you about Drag Race, was it fun? Right. Mm -hmm. Fun's not the word. Right. <laughs> there were fun moments. There were fun moments. I would say probably the most special sort of fond memories I have from it are we had a pretty healthy drive from our hotel to set and then back at night. Um, in, in traffic, it would be over an hour. Oh, wow. 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 Well, LA. <laughs> yeah. Early on, they wanted to really restrict the conversation to make sure that no juicy stuff was getting talked about in the van when there were no cameras. Right. So conversation was limited, but you cannot keep a van full of queens talking to Quiet, them. right. right. <laughs> So um, some of my fondest memories were our van rides, you know, talking to each other. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, you know, there were a couple of fun moments that came from filming, like filming the Kardashian musical was super fun. And it looked fun. Yeah. <laughs> super fun. I mean, I was nervous, but once we were there and we were filming Snatch Game, I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, I have a question about the moments in the van ride from set to home. Is there anything that you can tell us that the viewers might not have picked up on? Like, was there any secret combos going on? Give us the hot goss behind the well, scenes. We did, for the most part, try not to talk about what was going on on set because mm -hmm depending on who was driving us, we'd get in trouble, you know? Mm. And if we started talking about too much and if we had a real taskmaster driving, then it's okay, you can't talk at all. Just everybody listen to your iPods and practice your, your lip syncs. Um, but 
for the most part, we have a free for all talking about life back at home and about food and boys. Um, I definitely got a reputation with the girls for my Alexis's van stories, talking about <laughs> boys and sex. Okay. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna rename the podcast to Alexis's, <laughs> Alexis's <Story>. times. <laughs> Wait, go ahead and give us a go ahead and give us like a little tidbit. Um, I don't know what kind of viewership you have, you know, listeners you have on this thing. I don't know how much I can say. You can say whatever um, you can want. Be however <laughs> candid you want to be. No pressure. <laughs> no, just uh, you know, I've always. Always been looking for love in all the wrong places. Girl, preach. Until something sticks, you know? <laughs> I'm at a point in my life now, it's where I can't date unless I know this is it. Like, I've played the games, I've done the research, I've done all of this. Mm-hmm. It's just like, unless you, unless we're in it to win it, then I, I can't. I don't want to just be talking. Right, I don't, I don't have time <laughs> to just be talking. See, I'm the opposite. I'm yeah, like, no. I guess we could talk as long as it fits with my daily schedule. But well, right now, <laughs> ain't, if you single in this quarantine, ain't nothing happening right now. That's so it's like I, I, I have to say, like, it has totally put a stop to like, you know, stuff that was in the pan, and I really wonder what it's going to be like moving forward. Like, what kind of, you know, reservedness or sort of baggage people are going to be bringing to the table when it comes to personal relationship after all of this mm-hmm. right us too mm. us too it's definitely gonna be it's gonna new. be it, yeah. I mean, yeah if you thought dating was hard <laughs> pre-pandemic <laughs> just wait until post-pandemic if mm-hmm. it ever gets here From what i've gathered uh boys are still on their bullshit so. uh, sure. <laughs> ain't nothing changed I, I have another 15 years of being single ahead mm-hmm. of me which wow. here we go here we go well call me up I'm gonna call you, girl. <laughs> I'm gonna call you, girl. Okay, so from your season um, until the current season, there have been several challenges, as you, you know, we've seen. What is one challenge from any season that you've watched? Would you have thought like I could, I could kill this? Well, it's fresh in my memory. So from the current season, from season twelve, on the second premiere episode, when they had to perform the Chicago asks. Oh, yes. Yes. That clearly. Obviously. Yeah. Been, that could have been a win for me, for sure. Right. And Although, I know, it also could have been a win for my daughter. And it I was just going to say, seriously. I was going to say, your daughter <laughs> was on the, is on this current season. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Wait, who's who's your daughter for the listeners that don't know? Yeah, Justine. Jan Sport. <laughs> we love, well, we're also biased because we're clearly from New York City. So we love, right. we love our New York biased. queens. <laughs> we love our New York queens. Yeah. Yes, we have, a, the family has a legacy now of being robbed on rusical challenges. Oh, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't even think about that. And what's so crazy about it is y'all are so talented, like musically wise, dancing wise. Like, I don't understand when that doesn't happen for people that are so talented like that. Like, I, I don't get it. Well, in in my case on the Kardashian musical, I think I, you know, clearly killed the challenge, but like I let it drop on the runway. But yeah. in, Jan, in Jan's case, there was really no excuse because she killed it across the board. Yeah, yeah that, that was just wrong. And we've talked about it several times with Drag Race that we kind of yeah. feel that 
it it's gotten to a place where it's like that's not fair like that's not right that that shouldn't have happened sometimes it just comes down to a matter of opinion it's not even about like you were better it's just like yeah what do the judges think in their opinion well what do you think the judges think like what, <laughs> what i want to know what are the requirements because it's, this, it's very on this rusical for example where they were doing the the madonna through the ages mm-hmm. um i think where Gigi good really pulled through for the win was something that I think has happened on Drag Race a lot in the past several years and seems to continue to happen, which is that an emphasis on drag that is fashion forward Mm -hmm. seems to be be queen, if you will. Right. Even though drag has like long-standing traditions in theater and camp and impersonation and being over the top, it seems that like the modern drag race appreciation of drag is something that has a more fashion forward focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed a lot yeah. lately that it's a, all kind of all about like how much money you have and which designers you can work yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Like how many looks can you get built for you to come in? Whereas like, I think in the early seasons, like two and three, four even, it was more of like fashion, like ready to wear and like, we want um, you to construct this right, right. now. Yeah, right. you know, it was more of like hands-on, um, which we still have those challenges or whatever, but I just mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it's interesting how it's come from like that to now it's like, which designers can you work with? What looks can you bring? Um, but I do have another question. Um, so I know Jan, I think, spoke on it. She would be interested in coming back for an All-Stars. Would you consider uh, coming back for an All-Stars? Yeah, totally. I I feel like... I certainly made it pretty far on season yeah, Absolutely. And I would love to sort of have another chance to like, you know, give that competitive all um, and hopefully have moments to show my talent, which I feel like I got to do. Mm-hmm. But the areas where I really feel like I still have something to show are how I can represent myself visually. Cause there were moments mm-hmm. that I liked how I looked on the show, but there mm-hmm. were plenty that I was like, mm, no. And there were certainly moments where everybody let me have it for like not, not being, you know, on the level. And I think your point about, about looking at it in the context of over the years, as somebody who's had been auditioning for eight years mm-hmm. uh, to get on, I remember when you could like wear an off the rack dress Right. Okay, and it's like right. Well, like no, that is not okay on Drag Race anymore. You know. Right. I, I, do you think that's in part to the show becoming almost too produced in a way? Um, I think. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. I don't yeah. know if the fashion thing specifically mm-hmm. is the result of it being produced. I think what it's a result of is just um, the fandom has is very visual. You know. Yeah and has come to expect a certain level and that level is so high and it's so expensive. Um, And it's also, I think it's also sort of like the disconnect that happened with some American audiences watching the first UK season, which is UK drag is often so based on performance and personality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that some some of the drag race fandom in, in the US had a hard time digesting it because the looks were not necessarily always up to the expense or polish level that like right. we've seen on recent seasons of Drag Race and especially 
once you get to all-stars seasons, like, woo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You have to be pulling out the big bucks for that. Exactly. Yeah. So do you feel like the drag race um, attention has been taken from the the nature of the talent to be more so fashion forward, um, shallow, for lack of a better word? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think it's Commercial. commercialized? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how do you think it's progressed? I Yeah, I guess I wouldn't, you know, just out of respect for the people that like really thrive in that area. I wouldn't call it shallow, but I would definitely say like in the way that like our whole society is so like technological and everything's like, yeah, you know, because everything is so visually stimulated that that became this value system that has been adopted by drag race and therefore adopted by so much of, like what drag culture is in this country and the world. Um, you know, a little bit to the detriment of drag. Um, I mm-hmm. think definitely the importance of of who you are and your character and, and how you're able to perform and make people feel things. I think the, the weight got taken off of some of that and got put on to like, yes, but how many stones are on the garment? Right. 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 Wow. Right. Yeah. You hear so many times queens actually say on the show, like, I want to be true to me. I want to be, regardless of the judges' comments. And I think that sometimes those queens, obviously, we see them go home when they say that. <laughs> and I think it's kind of unfair because it's like, that is who they are. Mm-hmm. And they should be who they are at their core and then just continue to grow from that point. And I think sometimes it's looked upon badly by maybe the fandom, maybe even the show. Like, it's just, it's just not painted in a good light. Yeah, I, I feel you and I agree. Um, and, and there also seems to be like an, a resistance to, uh, someone who comes in with like an aesthetic that is very much their own and that is different from the pack. And right away, it's often met with like, okay, cool, but what else? And it's like, yeah, they are doing what else? They're doing what else from everybody else. Yeah. And that's why I think happened with, um, Oh, wow, I'm drawing a blank. Too many margaritas. Wow. Um, <laughs> this is no, 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 no. Zane, when she came in this season, she had her own whole, like, this is me, this is what I do, this is what I'm bringing to the competition. Wasn't met with a whole lot of support. It was more of like, okay, cool, but what else? It's like, well, I mean, girl, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. This is what she it was is. selected just as anyone else was selected. Right. right. But it works for some people like, you know, Alaska, like that works. Like it works. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I think that it just shouldn't be ignored and people should continue to be their core. I mean, that's why people love you and what you do, Alex. Like, I think that it's extraordinary. Adam and I came to one of your shows um, most recently. <laughs> and it was everything. It was great. And I think that people need to see that while you guys are on TV, you are humans outside of that, and right. you are mm-hmm. artists outside of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why we try to make it a point to go to the drag shows to see you guys outside of the show, because you are more than what the show can capture in that, now it's an hour and 30 minutes, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. You're more than that. And I, I think that that's definitely something we want our listeners to hear, like, you are a, more than what they showed on that show, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. And yeah, it's, a, it's an important perspective to remember, and one that is, seems to be easily forgotten by the fandom and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in many ways, both to sort of appreciate who somebody is as a person, who somebody is as a talent. Right. Um, and to, you know, of course, that like, 
we are living human beings with feelings and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So how are you adjusting to drag with like coronavirus and everything being canceled? I know like digital drag and people just put up their Venmos and stuff like that. Like, how are you adjusting? What are you doing to keep the artistry alive? It's, it's a, it's a funny spot to be in. Um, it's been cool to see people continue to thrive online. And I've done, mm -hmm. I've already done a couple digital drag fest shows. Yeah. Um, and I've also had my hands pretty full um, promoting uh, our new series, Dragnificent, which is on the air. So that's been helpful as far as just keeping me occupied and mm -hmm. keeping me present online. And just really taking any little bit of work that comes in, not that there's much, but you know, Where? I got asked to, to host a little Instagram live dance party for Dua Lipa's album. And like, that was cool. You know, that's that's really cool. We love her. There's, it's weird, you know, doing these things where drag and other forms of live performance that are so based on and reliant on engaging with people in front of you. It's mm -hmm. really, it's been wild to try to navigate. You know, I did, um, I did an online bingo and bingo in particular is something that is so, you say something, then somebody who's playing says something, and then you're, you're riffing off of that. Right, right. right. How is this going to be in front of a screen where I'm not seeing and hearing people? Right. right. But it's also shown me that like, we're, we're creatures who know how to adapt. And there has been a pretty quick, like on your feet, like, okay, this is how we're going to roll with this now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think it's going to change drag like moving forward? Like even once everything and life starts opening, do you think people, drag queens will continue to do like virtual drag shows or? I do think we'll see, we'll see a continue, continuance of, mm -hmm. uh, of more online content, mm -hmm. um, especially because as life resumes, it's going to be uh, entertainment and live performance that resumes the slowest. Right. right. Yeah. Both for safety concerns and also because I think people will be careful about spending. They will. Right. Yeah. I don't do. You know, like priorities change. <laughs> but, you know, as artists, we want to support the arts. So right. it's like, right. you know, we got to do the best that we can. And it's, you know, as far as like, you know, people really sort of yelling their Venmos from the rooftops, I, I feel in a slightly precarious position because I'm in a similar boat to to a lot of other people in that I don't have any steady income right now. I don't have many prospects on the calendar. Yeah. Um, but because of like my level of visibility and the sort of jobs that I've had before, I think there's this idea that like, oh, I must, I must be okay. You know, I must be in a different, in a different place than everybody. So even though I, I do find myself in a pretty similar boat right now, mm -hmm. I do feel a little bit more reserved about asking for donations or whatever. So mm -hmm. I try to keep it pretty minimal and leave it to like, when I'm performing, support my show, come get a ticket or you Word. can take me whatever. But like, I try to try to keep my head down a little bit just um, out of respect for the, I don't know, the bigger picture and to realize that like, 
my opportunities before and after are different than other people's. So right. yeah, it's a fine line, but, but truthfully, I'm in the same boat as everybody. And I've, you know, been struggling to get a peep out of unemployment for six weeks now. Girl. Wow. Yeah. I'm going through right. the, same the same thing. thing. I filed about a yeah, month ago now. It's a full weeks and I've literally nothing. nothing. Yeah. I, answers. After, after complete it took probably two to three weeks just to try to complete online uh -huh. yeah. and um and then they said you need to call us back to finish it and i tried i could not get through yep and then it was right around then when they had said okay we've changed the system and i went and filed again online mm -hmm. and within a few days i had heard five times from a human being and they'd call and they'd start to interview me and then they'd say oh well you're self-employed someone else is gonna have to call you back oh. oh my goodness and then nobody ever called and then i did get a message um saying oh you may qualify for pandemic unemployment assistance and so uh -huh. I, I filled that out but still haven't heard anything so, well at least you know you're not the only one i was <laughs> gonna say thank you because now it's just it, it, it i because i continuously i get up in the morning and i check nothing and i'm always like why me just me <laughs> and i have to remind myself that it's not just no, it's me a lot right of it's, it's everybody it's, it's a whole country that's dealing with this right now and it's just like i think that they they probably sorted with people who have one employer first, because that's just easier to deal with. Right. Um, yeah. You know, if they've begun to deal with people who have multiple employers, um, you know, or, or gig workers. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. Hmm. Yeah. Well, at <laughs> least at least you have something to look forward to, which is Dragnificent, which yes. you mentioned earlier. Um, tell us a little bit about how that came, how the opportunity came to you, and where it's like come to today and where you see it going. So we, there was uh, the production company that created the show before bringing it to TLC. Um, they're called Alchemy, uh, Alchemy X. And one of, the, um, one of the guys in charge at Alchemy, Andy Singer, he had this idea in his kitchen with his wife, Rebecca, and he was like, we need a show where drag queens help people. And that's really where the idea for the show was born. Mm -hmm. And I think that they had had some uh, previous experience with Mike Kelton, who is our director. And Mike Kelton was also the one of the creators of Shade. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so I think that they reached out to Mike and Mike started to sort of like think of the right people. And he interviewed several. There were, you know, there were several people considered for the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but he, he told us that he felt when he did these like Skype interviews with us, he said it was so clear that we were the right people for this. And originally uh, TLC was looking for a cast of three queens. Okay. And when they had sort of zeroed in on the four of us and asked Mike to create a screen test, I believe what was asked of him was, show us different combos of three okay. don't show us four and mike god bless him was like nope 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 no nope. <laughs> it's all four of them and yeah. he filmed the screen test accordingly and when they saw it they were like you're right it is all four of them and who are the other three in your cast 
It's me and BB Sahara Benet. Yeah. QB and Thorgy Thor. And oh, it's wow. fucking brilliant. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's a great guy. It's so cute. <laughs> it's a great group. And, you know, we didn't, we, uh, some of us had worked together more than others. I'd probably worked with BB the most out of anybody before uh, filming the show. Mm-hmm. And I, while we hadn't worked in this way, you know, sort of helping people before, very quickly the chemistry was formed and the bond was made and it's a true family vibe when we're on set we have a lot of fun we have a lot of laughs together um and we genuinely enjoy connecting with people and and helping them that's amazing that you know who great. i think would be a great addition or not addition oh tell us but who would be a great, great yeah. <laughs> Our, our friend Darren's mom, Joanne, I think you remember, you know, Joanne Stagg. Yep. Yes. I think she would be so fun on that she show. And she would love that, honestly. She would, she would love that. She just love that. And uh, Adam and I were talking, like, we were talking about um, doing these things um, virtually. You change someone's life mm-hmm. by them going and watching your YouTube shows and all of that. And I'm sure Joanne has told you multiple times, but you literally... <laughs> changed her entire life and I think that that's something that drag has done for a lot of people mm-hmm. and I think your show will continue doing that and you especially I think that that's why they saw it had to be all for because everyone you just named have such a heart like we love Juju B we love you we love BB like we like Thorgy like those people are people who came out of the season like they have a lot of heart behind them mm-hmm. so I think that's just something important just for our listeners to know like drag isn't just a man getting an address it's mm-hmm. someone with heart getting an address and showing you how fabulous they are and how fabulous you are. And I think that what uh, a lot of people don't necessarily realize when you see this, you know, statuesque painted for the gods creature on stage, what you don't realize is that, that we have an emotional life that we've been through and that we've mm-hmm. probably had some hardships that we've been through right. and drag has been the thing that has helped us get to that strength, get to that place of confidence. And that's what's been so wonderful about Dragnificent is getting to show people that you can can use the same tools we use to make yourself feel good again if you've been beaten down by something in life, that you can use the same tools to feel beautiful, to feel powerful, maybe in a way that you never felt before. I mean, I feel more, I feel like I know myself better and I'm more feel better about myself for who I really am ever in my life than I did before because of drag. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And really it's, it's, it's just a tool to, to help you feel that way. And um, it's been such a, a privilege and an honor. And I think that, you know, the, the element of touching people's lives that way and the way that I was able to, to touch Joanne's life, for example. And I, you know, she and I have become friends um, after I met her and heard her story. Um, It's a part of this whole experience coming off a drag race that I don't know that I really anticipated. I, I knew that, I knew, I knew how much drag race meant to people. And so, cause I was a fan of it for so many years, yeah. but I don't know that I, knew that just by doing what we do that we would be impacting people's lives on such a deep level and I've certainly been very humbled to find that out as I've met people after Drag Race and getting to do that for people on Dragnificent has been really powerful and 
I'll be super excited to see where, you know, where the show goes or where we take, take that spirit of helping people, you know, beyond. Um, I, I've got some ideas for how, you know, how I can keep that going because that's honestly been the most rewarding part of my career. Yeah. Well, that leads me into our next and final question is, you've already conquered Drag Race. You're taking that victory over to the TLC network with Dragnificent. So what are your ideas in terms of helping other people? The future. The future of drag and helping other people really identify with their confidence. Like what is What's in your, your brain? What's your 10 year plan? Yeah. yeah. What we do want you to know everything right now. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I think that, um, I've definitely, one thing that I've learned about myself through drag is that I love being on stage. I love performing. So that's, that's always going to be there. And so my goals as a performer are definitely still there. I, you know, I see myself continuing to perform live, but I'd also like to return back to my roots more with acting. Um, that's what it, it always started from, for me anyway. And so still have those dreams of being on a Broadway stage once Broadway can open again. Yeah. Oh, yes. And so those performance dreams are still very much alive, but I think that, like I said, the part of this career that's been the most special has been the ability to help people. And I think what it's about, I think what it boils down to is when you live your life authentically, mm -hmm. that has the power to inspire change within people. And it also has the power to inspire change within people's minds that might not be so into what you do or not be on board with what you do. Even if they don't get why somebody like me would put on a dress, um, they might just see me like living my best life and say, oh, okay, there's something to that. Right. And so I'd say that's, you know, in addition to my performance goals, I would like to continue to find ways to inspire people to, to use drag as the conduit, as a tool for their own self-expression and their own um, empowerment. I think, um, you know, there's, there's some tired perspectives about drag only being for certain people. And I, right. I think what a show like Dragnificent does is it, it really spells out very plainly, this is, this is a this is something for you to use if you want it and that that for you is for anybody yeah and so um you know i've always wanted to i love to talk like i could talk all day so like i've always wanted to have a talk show of some yes. Sort. Yes. um and i feel like that could be a way to reach people um both you know if i if i had a guest and i was talking with them one-on-one -on -one about their struggles and their story um it could help them. It could also just having a wider audience hear that story mm -hmm. is something that could be relatable and, and something that people could take help and inspiration from. So definitely something I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming up with the ideas really as we speak um, about how I continue to help. I could continue to help people because uh, that for me has been the most rewarding part of this career yeah well we know that you will continue to do so and it's been as a fan it's been such an inspiration to watch you do that yes. um 
So with that, wow, thank you so much for yes. taking the time. If you are interested in starting a podcast, which I think you should, <laughs> yeah, you, you should, should use anchor.fm. Oh, yeah. That's anchor.fm. Wow, what a plug. And as far as acting goes, you're invited to come play with the cast of Pride the Series anytime. Yes, That's true. we love that. We're we love to plug. That. So we appreciate you coming on, taking the time out of your schedule to talk with <laughs> your us. Your schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish y'all had smell vision because I have been cooking up a storm and I what wish- you What are you cooking? What are you cooking? I could smell this pot roast that's cooking. Yeah! Pot roast? Send oh, me some. Okay. I can pick it up. I'll wear a mask. <laughs> Send me your address. I'll be right over. Once it's right. all over, we have to do brunch. Yeah, yeah. we have yeah. to. Drinks are in order. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex. This has been awesome. Thank you for sharing your inspiration, experience, and journey with our listeners. We really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of Thank course. You. Stay safe. Thank you, Stay Alex safe. Michaels, a.k.a. Alexis Michelle. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you. Welcome back. Hello. That was amazing. That She's was so, so sweet. Good. That was magnificent, darling. Oh, God. Yes, I loved it. <laughs> I think that Alexis is, is so gracious, and it was so great to have her on the podcast. Yeah, and I'm glad we've created this, like, uh, standing relationship with her, you know? Yeah. She's very um, classy stand-up Yes. <laughs> Do you remember when we did our Pride event with her a couple yes, of weeks ago? Yes, that was such a great event. That was a really good event. I For think those of you who don't know, it was a talk back. We had Alexis Michelle, we had Aree Swanzer, who's a, a model. Um, we had Eileen Kristen, mm-hmm. we had Michael Pomerico. Um, who else did we have? Um, Antigone Rising. Yes, they performed. Yeah, it was so good. Um, I know that there's actually a performance from one of our drag queens, uh, Shanita Buffet, that's available on YouTube. (laughs) Um, Please go check out the link. Yes. Um, It was in our Queen Selena. Yes. It was was such a good event, and it was such a coming together. And it kind of it slightly makes me sad, but then excited because Pride is coming up. We know that Pride has been canceled around the world, and we are thinking of ways to still be connected and realize that we aren't connected simply by a parade. It has a lot more to do than that. So what do you guys think, are your, your, what are your plans this year for Pride? Since Pride itself is canceled. I mean... Or Pride as we know it. What if we did like a thing around the block? Like we <laughs> we created our own Pride March. Yeah. Like, like a Pride around. block party. We should. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might call Issa. Like Issa Rae. I might call Issa. She got a couple ideas. I know. That. Speaking of, did y'all watch the latest episode? I did. I, I went semi-viral with my you tweet. You did. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of <laughs> likes. And I missed that. Yeah, I got over like 300 likes and like 200 retweets. And like okay. 10,000 impressions, right? Okay. I'm look at this tweet. I think that episode was very like triggering and very hit close to home to a lot of people. Anybody who's ever fallen out with a friend, mm-hmm. like it was definitely it was sad, but it was also like got me riled up and like I don't know. I, I yeah, I mean, look, I think that there's both things that both people. You know what it did? It as a viewer, it made me sit back and look and say there are things that both people in the friendship can work on. Absolutely, and 
I mean, whether we have one side or another, but the one thing I want to say to anybody listening, please know that Molly is not Yvonne Orji. And yeah. please know that Issa D is not Issa Rae. Like, they are different people. And so the attack that we've been seeing coming to these women online who yeah. are playing this authentic story of friends that do fall out, and when they do, they say hurtful things, and sometimes mm-hmm. things get a little heated. But at the end of the day, I do believe they'll get back to a place of love. So. And... I mean, I think that simply them um, being where they were when they were dancing and did the whole, like, uh, when they were doing the, what was it? The, the, wobble. the wobble. The wobble, which is my favorite dance. Um, I don't know why I know We were just dancing right. on the couch. <laughs> so for me, I don't think that it was, uh, I, I think that that was a clue that, like, all right, they'll be fine. I can't think of how many times that Brayden, Adam, and I have done the bunny hop at the club when we have had a fight at the house an hour before. <laughs> So it's fine. It'll work out. And I think that in music, you said it the other day, and I think that you and Brayden definitely being like the singers of the group, y'all can speak to like music brings people back together. It definitely can. You know, it helps bridge the gap that sometimes you can't fill with your words. And Betty Wright. who excited that Lawrence and Issa they are definitely going to hook up soon. <sighs> he definitely broke up with condolences, which good riddance. She's offered. Okay, that was stupid. Out. That was, don't show up to my event. Right. Don't you dare. <laughs> Darrell, what were you about to say about Betty Wright? Well, I was going to say Betty Wright was uh, a musician who we lost this week. Yes. Who oh, we definitely want to give, you know, she had a, like, clean up woman was one of the, I was listening to one of her songs. She's just whistle toning, just, just up there, baby, just whistling. Baby, before Mariah. So, <laughs> you, know? I, you know, definitely gives that. We lost Ben uh, Ben Stiller's father, Jerry Stiller, this week. Um, <sighs> yeah, which we was, watched Heavyweights. Adam put mm-hmm. Heavyweights on in honor of him. Also want to watch Zoolander. <laughs> and, and, and we also lost, mm-hmm. as you know, Little Richard, Richard. as well. Iconic. Ooh. Iconic. I know. <laughs> We were just watching <laughs> that Snatch game. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. uh, we were watching Why Do Fools Fall in Love. <sighs> it's, so sad. It's it's a lot of loss that we've endured in 2020. Really? And what we have to remember, we just have to really stay strong and hold each other up during this because, I mean, since the beginning of the year with Kobe Bryant and his daughter and those other families mm-hmm. lost on that flight till now, we're still losing people. And... And these are the people that we know that every single day. Right, right. Because of COVID. And these are people whose name we know. We're not even addressing the people whose names we don't know. And it's just so sad. All the heroes of the nurses and doctors, you know. The nurse who went in. Did you see the nurse who went in and she started, like she had to go in to save someone. And she did it. She didn't have a mask. And they were like, you can't go in. She's like, he's coding. And she went in and she died 14 days later. But she saved his life. So it's it's things like that that we do need to keep mindful of and remember in this time. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, let's live another day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Same <laughs> shit, different day. Uh, you know, we just got to take it step by step. And it's hard. We all have our moments. Like earlier today, I was just laying in the bed playing Candy Crush in the dark. No music, no nothing, and just kind of, then I took a moment and just stared at the ceiling. I was like, I've got to get up. Like, I've got to get out. Like, I've got to do something. I got to shower. I got to brush my teeth. I got to do something. Like, you know, we have to help each other and pull each other out, and sometimes we have to snap each o- ourselves out of it. You know, it's it's hard. 
but as long as we keep the faith and like, you know, it can't rain forever. It, it, it really can't. It can't rain forever. And there is a rainbow at the end of all of this. And so that rainbow is Pride the Series, which you can find on Amazon Prime <laughs> and Tubi TV. Season two is actually going to be available very shortly on Tubi TV as well. So please definitely sign up for that. We will be giving you a release date on that shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, check on your neighbors, check on your friends, check on the people that mean the most to you because everyone has a bad day. Everyone has a sad day. And just know that we here at Pride the Podcast and the team of Pride, we, we are here. So reach out to us you know you have our social media you can find me at i am darrell anthony on instagram uh twitter darrell anthony and facebook darrell anthony mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find me adam andrew rios at boxed wine poppy with a zero uh instagram and twitter mm-hmm. you can find me ashley aaron m on instagram and twitter and facebook and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Braden Bradley. And a huge shout out to Alexis Michelle, who you can follow on Instagram at Alexis Lives. Yes. Thank, you, thank, thank you for being our special guest. Thank on this you episode. so much. Appreciate it. So continue watching Drag Race every Friday. Dragnificent. Get, Dragnificent. Get ready for All Stars 5. And yeah, keep living, people. Wash your ass. Wash your hands, wash your ass, keep the face. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.